Welcome to the Angelscapes podcast, where you're encouraged to uncover and develop a direct connection with your soul's power, wisdom, and spiritual intuition that is ready to blossom. We'll explore new ideas, compelling tips, and real steps to help you learn simple spiritual practices. We're a safe place to learn more about accessing your soul's power with education and spiritual wholeness that could bring more clarity to your life. Now here's your host, a practicing medium, Akashic Records practitioner, spirit artist, coach, and mentor, Dr. Reverend Nancy Smith. What spiritual movement happened in early America that changed the history of our country? Back in the 1800s, what and where is this movement happening now? And let's talk about, do spiritualists have holidays? And I just gave away the answer to the first question. Hello, this is Angelscapes, and I am your host, Nancy Smith. Joining me is medium Stacy Sherman. We're going to have a lively discussion and some debate about spiritualism in America right now. In this winter season, when many are celebrating religions and they want equal time on what their religion is, I would like to also talk about, do spiritualists celebrate holidays? What holidays are those? And um, spiritualism, back to that question, has had a profound effect on the progression of, of early religions. And um, and what is the influence that we're having now? And also, there's a lot of cool stuff going on. So Stacy is an ordained minister, um, spiritualist minister. She's a teacher and a healer. And... Um, She's a, an amazing human being. I know Stacy from Lilydale Sacred Gowns um, Coffee Shop, but she also has taught and has served in, in so many churches in, in so many places around the country that I don't even know. So she's going to give us a really nice outlook on um, how the different spiritualists, you know, run their world um, in in the spirit in their own community. So welcome, Stacy. There's a lot more to say about you. That's- Keep it simple. Thanks, Nancy. Thanks. Keep it simple, I always say, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. It's great being here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Oh, me too. Me too. We have had some really lively conversations, you and I, when we, when we just met and then when we decided to to do this um, program together. Yeah. And, um, you said so many things that I just wanted to to just showcase here. But one of the things that you talked about was Really, spiritualism started in the camps because yeah. that's where we met. We went at Lilydale, one of the biggest camps. But there's camps all over the country. And yeah. um, how many have you been to? A lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I, or I've been to grounds where there have been and no longer exist. But, you know, I think I remember we were talking about the movement of spiritualism because I think a lot of people just think that you know, it's just some kind of religion made by a person or, you know, the Fox sisters. Um, and that's it, you know, and it's so much more than that. Like in its, in its birth, you know, it was, it was simply, it wasn't even a religion. It was just simply this idea, this ideology, this theology of the fact that we live forever. And that communication with act, you know, actual communication with those that have crossed over into the spirit world is not only possible, it's provable. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's yeah. also, it's also um, a movement. Um, I just um, wanted to uh, just a little bit drop that in. It was a movement. And, the, and just the Fox sisters, the phenomena happened at the time that there was this mo- free thinking movement happening. Absolutely. They all kind of blended together as the Quakers, the Shakers, and they all blended together. And then spiritualism was born, the movement of spiritualism. And then I don't know how long before it was an actual, they made it into an actual religion or an actual. Well, probably around like 1890s, 1900s is when it actually became, you know, a, if you want to say USA approved, uh, you know, religious organization, but you're absolutely right. And, you know, the thing is, is it wasn't just happening. Yes. By all means, I do respect the Fox sisters wholeheartedly. Right. Oh, and I talk about them all the time, but they were a small fraction of the movement. I mean, you were talking by mid 
you know, if you're talking about 1860s, 1870s, you're talking about coast to coast. And it wasn't like you could just get on a plane and fly from New York to California. Do you know? So this movement happened organically through the mountains and over the woods and, you know, <laughs> over the lakes. It literally just spread across the country in a huge fast way for that time because like i said it's not like people were you know grabbing you know the planes and the trains and the automobiles and <laughs> heading out to spread the word i mean it you know you look at some of our our pioneers like peebles or cora richmond i mean they traveled the world like a couple times each and that was no small feat do you know it's <laughs> months it took weeks months years yeah, not at years. the time but so, yeah so we we got this all the way to San Francisco. There's a church in San Francisco now. Oh, yeah. Florida yeah. now. And then all the way up Maine. Yeah. And, and then you're from Wisconsin. And in Washington. I'm in the Midwest. Yeah. Washington. They have a camp there. Well, and that's what, going back, I know I get on, I get off tangent sometimes, Nancy. I'm like a squirrel in traffic, so you'll just have to guide me back in. Um, but that being said, camp societies. So again, churches weren't forming. There were already churches. Spiritualism wasn't meant, in my opinion, and I will happily go up against because I'm sure this is a debatable question. Spiritualism wasn't really, modern spiritualism wasn't meant to be a religion. It was meant to enhance the religions or prove the afterlife to all the religions that believed in an afterlife. Exactly. Which pretty much all of them do. I well, but yeah. I think, you know, atheism, maybe not, you know. <laughs> But there's not many that don't, you know? And so, you know, these groups of people, these free thinkers, these people who, you know, were not necessarily, I don't want to say challenging their religion, but trying to maybe understand their religion more from maybe a science or, or a philosophical mm -hmm. aspect, started meeting, you know, and they probably met in people's houses or church basements. Who knows? I mean, I'm sure we could look into the history of so many different. And then all of a sudden, around that same time, you know, 1880s, 19, you know, hundreds, Lilydale's going to be celebrating its 145th year this year. So, you know, go back in time. That's a long time ago. People started, con you know, coming from all parts of the state and sometimes states depending on the location, to hear these free thinkers, to hear these spiritualists talk about the afterlife, demonstrate the mediumship and continuity, demonstrate the healing aspects, you know, all of these things. So camps or societies, to me, in my, you know, and again, I am no expert, you know, I'm just somebody who's really cannot own enough books and read enough history. <laughs> Well, that's how it, that's how it is in history. That's how it is. It's word of mouth. I learned this thing. I learned this. Thing. Did you hear about the thing? You know, and I feel like spiritualism is like that. Anyway, there's no strong dogma. There's no like, you know, Catholicism. Here's the big book. on it's, it's not, it's, it's a lot. It's community. It's word of mouth. It's, it's, it's one community talking to another. And there are so many factions of spiritualism. There's the uh, standard, you know, died in the wool spiritualists and then there's the advanced new age spiritualists and then there's the christian spiritualists and i i love what you said about that it, it's wasn't meant to be a religion it was meant to augment other religions that said that there was life after death and spiritualism was proving that actually that was true but the other thing that spiritualism did back in the day which is why i think maybe even Catholicism, but maybe other religions, Christian, more stated Christian religions is, is that um, it took um, the church away from being the middleman. Yeah. Yes. So, yes, yes we yes. had a direct connection to God, to source. And we also don't believe in, I say we, cause I'm a spiritualist, vicarious atonement took that away mm -hmm. and that lost popularity too. Yeah. And brought on that personal, re to me, I love the personal responsibility oh, that spiritualism brings, you know, it's, so I, I can't, I can see in parts of my life or moments of my experience where it's hard to be personally responsible. It would be so much easier to point a finger and blame someone else or, just or 
or ask the great power to be to forgive me and a lot, you know, and, and atone for, you know, take the atonement away so I don't have to deal with it. I mean, there are sometimes, especially when I'm driving a car and people don't use their blinker, but anyways, <laughs> I know, but, the, but there are, I just want to bring this back that there are religions that turn spiritualism into you. They're talking to the devil. Yeah, something very evil. And I said, well, you just you just made it evil because you didn't want to lose your power. But that's political. But but I, I feel that um, during the, the tent churches during the time, mm -hmm. those Calvinistic tent churches, spiritualism brought a whole new story. Absolutely. And, it changed. Well, and, and when you think about that time period, like so when you talk about camps, I mean, not every state had a camp, right? But I bet you every state had some form of group or society or camp that met quietly and discussed this. Do you know, even, even when you look through your heavy Bible belt, you can still find these little areas that exist or existed you know, where people gathered, mediumship was demonstrated, you know, the, 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 I hate to say the weird spiritualists were in town or whatever, giving a talk, debates were occurring all over, you know, and it, and honestly, I can't take credit for the whole idea of, you know, um, spiritualism being that, you know, that little jewel added to any religion that proves the continuity. That was Moses Hall, who was a big, you know, pioneer in our, in our movement, that was one of his biggest, greatest debates. I mean, to this day, he turned away from, he was a Seventh-day Adventist, if I'm saying that correctly. He turned away, that you can still find him. Like they still shun him, like online, like, ah, Moses Hall, like, but, but he sat and he went to like halls, like these tents, like the tents, like your churches, you're talking about, and I'm not talking 20 people showing up. I'm talking about thousands of people coming together to hear. In horse and buggy. In horse and buggy. Yeah, and or train. Yeah. Yeah. But the old type of train. Do you know what I mean? Not the, not the speedy Amtrak. The, <laughs> you know, thousands of people coming to these camps to bear witness to mediumship, to bear witness to the talks and the, and the ideas and the new theories, you know, not that was just the theory that was written in the Holy, you know, whatever Holy scripture your religion might have, you know, it, it challenged, it challenged the status quo. Well, the, the, the picture, let's go back to the picture of the camps with all these horse and buggies and coming in these these camps still exist and these camps still have those original buildings and they're trying to update them and put electricity in i there's one i went into lilydale sis had still had gas lights and that was a modern upgrade <laughs> and so yeah. and um but so the tried and true people who really were the heroes of spiritualism that they traveled to all these different places and were very excited about what was happening and um today the camps are still there and we're still, you know, they're, they're still attended, maybe not by the thousands, but people are still going and they're still very curious. And then uh, that book came out about Camp Etna that kind of had a color, but not the true color of spiritualism and kind of did some little bit of gossiping here and personality deflection over here, but they didn't really talk about what's, what kind of person and who are the people that are keeping spiritualism alive, who are talking about, still talking about that basic message. And then you have the people that are not quite sure what spiritualism is, but they're hanging around with their own belief system around the outskirts. Because spiritualism um, is meant to very clearly and cleanly prove the continuity of life and live the principles of, of you know, natural law principles. And I like all the other juicy stuff too, but um, I like I like that, Nancy. I like all the other juicy stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, but there's, there's the thing to think that all of these free thinkers got along wonderfully and mm -hmm. just were all about kumbaya. I think you would have to be ignorant. You know, we're people, we're people with our own opinions, passionate about, about a subject, you know, the, the continuity of life. I don't know anyone who isn't passionate about that subject. Right. Um, and 
you know, the thing is, is, and, and, you know, so just kind of quickly in my mind, just to give props to the states that still have camps, right? You have Maine. Maine has three camps. You have New York, you mm-hmm. have um, mm-hmm. Connecticut, you have, um, I think, Wigwam. I don't know if it's New Hampshire or Connecticut. Wigwam have- is in Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Thank you. You have you know, Florida, you have Casadega, you have Indiana camp, you know, Camp Chesterfield, you have in my little, in my state, I'm always a a supporter of, you know, camps, you know, you have Wanawak spiritualist camp, you know, there was one in Iowa, it's no longer there. There's one in Kansas, there's one in Arizona, there's one in California, possibly two. I did not, I did not check to see. I know Harmony Grove is there. Yeah. Oh, the great state of Michigan. They have, they have a Christian spiritualist camp, which is awesome. Snowflake been there. Love it. There's also two, three other, uh, I think one, you know, that that's the thing too, Nancy, you would be, you have to really expand and look into the history and knowledge to get all factors, like back to what you were saying about, you know, kind of these communities and especially ones where people live year round, right? Much different if we only go attend during the summer, but when we live in the camp, right? You're living with all these people, but you know, there wasn't, there was a national organization that formed, you know, originally the NSA and then a bunch of ones broke off. You had the independent spiritualist association, you have the spiritual Alliance, you have, you know, you just have, you have the SNUI. I mean, there's so many different, so you need to really dig deep into your state's history. You might find that there's a spiritualist camp or church in your backyard and you didn't even know it. You know, I, I think that there used to be a list. I remember when I first learned about spiritualism, I had no idea what it was. I was totally like, what is this? And I Googled it because Google yep. existed then. But, you know, in my world, Google yes. still is new. But any, and there was a whole list um, of spiritualist churches and camps that you could access. But there, um, it's changed quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the churches aren't there. Some of the camps have closed. But, but in, Let's talk a little bit about how we had these very excitement for the camps and they were seasonal. Yeah. Definitely more summer. Um, and then they um, became churches or the groups of yeah. people became churches like Camp Etna has a church next to it. Yeah. Lilydale has a church outside of the grounds. No, oh, and inside. And inside. Churches inside and out. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, and again, if you look back in the time frame, so like I know for a fact, Lilydale Assembly, the you know which used to I think was the City of Lights originally, that charter they were a society before they were a camp, or they were a camp before they were a church. Excuse me, yeah. but eventually, and and that's the movement, right? So here you have these people gathering together. A lot of them too were ministers of other religions. They were Unitarian Universalists. They were, you know, they were Quakers. They were Shakers. They were, you know, Baptists. They were Methodists. They they were other ministers. But this this movement, I love I love that we call it a movement because I don't know what else to call it because it's just energy, right? Moving forward, this movement then started to trigger. They took it back to their churches, right? And then certain churches were like, Mm-mm, you know, not in here. That's devil's work or. Mm-mm, not in here but in the basement's okay <laughs> you, know, like, <laughs> you know you know and eventually what happened I think is that people just said you know what enough with this we want our own church where we're following our principles and we're not necessarily blending spiritualism with like with other religion mm-hmm. right so I think that's why, and I think that's why you started to see breakoffs, hence Christian spiritualism. They're like, no, we want both. We're going to have both and we're going to do it. And they did. And good for them. Because again, you know, no one owns spiritualism. No one person created it that owns it. No one deity owns it. No, no one person owns spiritualism. It is literally just a natural creation that we can tap into or not tap into. And so, you know, I think some people, they started forming churches. Like I know in my history, I traveled a lot of spiritualist churches, um, some independent, some part of bigger organizations. And, you know, they all run a little bit differently. And I think 
I, you know, to me, I'm just going to say this, it's kind of controversial. I think they should run in. I think they, you know, if you're a minister and, and you're running a church, you know what your congregation needs and wants. And I think you need to run it in a way that maybe follows simple guidelines because spiritualism is simple. Very, yeah, very simple. It is. It's got the principles. Nine you, principles. You can go online. You can search the spiritualist principles, nine of them. And yeah. they or seven. Some have seven. Who cares? That's true. That's true. And, and some of them are written a little bit differently, but they yeah. do hold this SNUI is a little different, um, but they do hold the same concepts. Yeah. In them. Yeah. And, and so I think that's when you started to see churches either, you know, either transfer into spiritualism or you know, just people breaking off saying, we're going to start our own church. And, and so like through the early 1910s and twenties and thirties, you know, all of these people and especially major organizations started looking at ways of like, okay, so how do we credential? How do we present ourselves to the masses? Because, yeah. you know, after the twenties spiritualism, I don't want to say took a back seat, but it wasn't the blazing fire it was from like 1850 to 1900, you know? So, so things had to start changing and, and they were looking at evolving as any movement needs to kind of look to evolve, right? Because it's energy and it's moving. Yeah. And so then those churches formed. And I know like for a fact in my little state of Wisconsin, um, at one point in time in its peak, so about 1918 to 1924, there was over 15 spiritualist churches and a camp. Wow. wow. And the camps, in most camps in that time period, the churches would close during camp season. And everyone from those churches gathered at the camps, hence the thousands of people, right? And there's a lot of churches that still hold that tradition in New England. They close in the summer. Yeah. And trying to promote going to the camp, supporting the, you know, uh, bigger parent, if you would, you know, because I think camps are like, I don't, I don't want to say that I think churches and camps are equal. Let me just explain that. Like, I don't think there's one that's above the other, but camps were formed to kind of help bring in you know, either the big speakers or, you know, things where maybe a little church couldn't afford that, you know? Um, so the camps were kind of that gathering community for mm -hmm. everyone to come to. And so camps kind of have that, you know, Zaza zoo, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, you know, of their seasons, right? That's what you hear that because all camps have a season. Most camps aren't, they might be open to the public year round, but they're not doing you know, all the, all the services and all the teachings and all the demonstrations, you know, that's only during their season. Right, right, right. So yeah, I love that Camp Edna has a hotel still there and, oh, and Temple Heights has, you can rent rooms there too. Temple Heights has, yeah, Temple Heights and Chesterfield still has places. Casadega mm -hmm. has that hotel. Well, Casadega doesn't own the hotel, but there's a hotel on the property still. Um, that's what the original hotel. And Louisville um, has tons of beds and breakfasts. Oh, tons. And then like, I know some of the camps in Michigan um, might have cabins that can be rented. Wanawak has uh, like a little motel with, you know, camps. Sadly, Harmony Grove, if you're out there, shout out to Harmony Grove in California. They had a devastating fire a oh. few years back. Um, I don't really can't remember the exact date. And I know they lost a lot of their buildings. Oh, and then I can't even believe it. We have I can't even believe my, one of my favorite camps, uh, Camp Edgewood, which is in, um, between Seattle and Tacoma on Surprise Lake. Oh, and that's the other thing with camps. I don't mean to digress, but. Oh, digress. Go ahead. You need to just go to these camps and look at the locations of where these camps are. They found the most beautiful energetic spaces that you could imagine, you know, like First of all, how many people, if you've been to Lilydale, so many people walk through the gates and they're like, oh my God, I'm home. Like, this is the best thing. Like, they just feel the peace of Lilydale. There's been a, a lot of energetic activity on Lilydale as well. Absolutely. But I, but I think too, at all camps, like, you know, Wanawak's on top of a cliff, um, it, like in the middle of Wisconsin, 
like just the weirdest places. Well, look at Lilydale, Western New York, you know, just the weirdest kind of places. Um, or something. There's something or going on. Something magical, even. And yeah. what I love about Edgewood, I was Camp Edgewood in um, Washington State. They're on Surprise Lake. And it was literally a lake that just formed overnight, just sunk, a big sinkhole. Oh, it was a Surprise Lake. It was a Surprise Lake. And it's, it's, you know, now it's built up. It's crazy. It's like you enter a little like piece of heaven because everything else around it's so built up and, you know, and this is just this beautiful natural, they have a, they have a place to stay. It's amazing. You know, sunset in Kansas again, amazing, you know, just these, so get out at least feel if you can't make it to like, if you're on the West coast and you can't make it to Lilydale, or if you're on the East coast and you want to go somewhere different, check out the Midwest, check out, you know, check out these places and just go, go look. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. You're thinking. Fun. Yeah. So now we're talking about the camps and we're talking about the different factions of spiritualism. Are these camps, some of them can be factions or are they kind of all the same or the, each camp has a different philosophy of spiritualism? What do you know about that? Well, I think that there's going to be subtle differences in every camp or church even, and I'll just put churches in there too, because of the, of the people who run them. Right. Um, I'm so I don't, I don't know what the right word is, Nancy. I, I guess I'll say it out loud, but yeah, go ahead. I'm yeah. a diehard spiritualist. So for me, my beliefs and the way that I think, or the way that, you know, is my truth is very much what, some might call traditional spiritualism, right? Like I don't, doesn't mean I don't believe, you know, in certain things or at least discuss it, but I just really am like, let's prove that continuity period. Like I have your uncle James and he's telling me this, and this is, you know, he was born on this day. Like that's kind of where I like to do that mediumship. I recognize all kinds of mediumship because we're all different. There's not one medium that's like the other. And thank God, because I don't, spiritualism never wanted cookie cutter mediums and cookie cutter healers and cookie cutter ministers. They, I mean, look at who we were founded by for the love of goodness sakes, right? So, so they want that diversity, but we also need a little bit of structure. So we're not Willy Wonka, right? So we're not like, because a lot of people will say, a lot of people don't understand the difference between psychic and mediumship work now. We're, yeah, no, you still get clients that come in and say, can I have a mediumship reading? And I said, and I'll bring in their, and they go, what are you talking about? I don't want to hear from, I'm, I want to, I just want to know what my future is. And I'm like, okay, let's, let's step back here and talk about, yeah. just, just saying to everybody who's listening, mediumship is proving the continuity of life. You'll bring through a loved one and they'll have a message for you. Psychic reading is about what's happening around you energetically in your auric field, you know, or. Um, but usually not bringing through a loved one, but not all psychics are mediums, but all mediums are psychic. Yep. They have to be. So, yep. but yep. they're, but they're not talking to a generic thing. They're bringing through a specific intelligence that yep. wants to give you a message just for those who are listening, who didn't know. I didn't. <laughs> Listen, I love it, Nancy, because the thing is, is as spiritualists, we need to educate because there's so much miseducation out there, you know, because there are some mediums who aren't spiritualists and that's okay too. And that's absolutely fine. But when, you, when someone says I'm a spiritualist medium or I'm a spiritualist minister, I'm not a spiritual minister. I'm a spiritualist minister. Mm -hmm. Is there a bunch of differences? Probably not, but I'm sorry, Nancy. I just decided I want to call you Peg. So your name's Peg for the rest of the night. You wouldn't do that. You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. so, you know, there, there is, I don't lean heavy on semantics of words. You know, a lot of times when I say God, I'll say God, you know, Nirvana, consciousness, universe. I don't care whatever terminology you want to use, but depending on who you're talking to and more importantly, how are they listening to you? You need to know how to be able to communicate to all genres of information. So for me, when I call myself a spiritualist, it has that connotation that I follow the I follow the guidelines, principles, theories, ideologies 
that fellow past spiritualists have paved the way for, you know? So it's not like, don't get me wrong. I'm happy to have paranormal discussion. I'm happy to have near death experiences. I'm happy to have all of that. But in my heart of hearts, I want to, you know, I'm, I'm a spiritualist. I believe in the continuity of life. I believe that it can be proven. And I feel like it enhances life when you know that you're eternal. Let's talk about that a little bit. Enhances life when you know that you are eternal. <laughs> a big statement. Because <laughs> sometimes I think we miss the point of that. We, you know, we are eternal. And, and improving the continuity of life was so important back in the day. And it still is now. Why? What, what's your thoughts on that? Well, I think because we're, you know, when you look at the movement when it started to where we look at today, right? Look at, I mean, just in theaters alone, what, three months ago, there was an entire movie about NDEs, near-death experiences, and people touching in to a quote-unquote afterlife, whatever that is, but an existence beyond this physical world. And so now I think it's more important than ever to, to give those, you know, uh, evidential readings to prove the continuity, not to help people live their life by the direction of spirit, but to live their life for the direction of their spirit. Yes. Get connected. You know, once, like, I remember getting my first mediumship reading. It was in Lilydale um, by Carol Gasper and God bless her. She's now living on the high life on the spirit side. But when, when somebody sat down and knew things about my grandmother and my child and what my child was playing with in the middle of the night, it got me questioning, oh, what is this? And why do you know this? And what is my purpose? And who am I? And it was through that just that I don't want to call it a simple reading, but that's really what it was. It was just a, a simple reading opened my door to an awareness of natural and spiritual laws, of energy, of consciousness, of continuity. And it just, you know, for me, it opened Pandora's box. And I think any person who gets a reading and for one minute, they think, even if it's just for one minute, they think, wow, how did she or he or they know that I had an uncle Ted that everyone called George? And then you realize that was George talking. Yeah. Yeah, George. I'm not separate from. That I'm not alone in this little world, you know, isolating myself or isolated from everything. Instead, it starts to make you realize I'm connected to everything. And the way you live life is just different after that. It is. It's just different. And I, you know, for me, it's a difference that brings me utmost joy. And, you know, and, and peace most of the time, except for those days I have to take, you know, real big responsibility. (laughs) (laughs) Those real days of responsibility. (laughs) Oh, who wants to do that? You know? (laughs) So as we, we've been looking at mediumship from the heyday to, to, but, but now we're seeing the spiritualism kind of drop in numbers. Churches have been closing over um you know pan- the uh, pandemic shut you know really took a lot yeah. of trip. there was teetering and then boom shut down so let's talk a little bit about that you had some very strong ideas of where do you think spiritualism is now and where do you think it's heading so i think so again i'm just going to say spiritualism will never die it's not, no nothing ever dies you know i think the movements are changing I think um, it's changing in a profound way um, because we're all changing in a profound way, right? So so let's just look at a plain and simple fact. I mean, this is just a fact if you want to call it a fact in this big world that we live in. More generations are living because people are living longer. 
So it is very typical to have five generations living still in the physical world. So you have your old, like God, I'll just talk about my family, my old Italians that came over, you know, on the boat, you know, you have them still alive and you have my daughter here who is born into technology, right? Tech doesn't probably even, she does know how to write cursive, thank goodness, but they don't teach it anymore. <laughs> Shocked to find that out. But yeah. So you have this vast, this vast array of, of beliefs or traditions or non-traditions, right? Because yeah. Life experiences and not one of them is either good or bad. They just are. And, and they're different. And just like we want our voice to be heard, so do the younger generation, so do the older generation. And so somehow we have to start having really big conversations and conversations that aren't pretty and unicorny and kumbaya -y and all of those great things that we do want to cultivate in our lives. But we also have to have these really other difficult, dis difficult discussions. Because a lot of the young, now, please understand when I say younger and older generation, I am not talking about age. I am talking about thought, thought processes, Okay, yeah. right? Some people can embrace change and they, and almost to a default, they want so much change. They can't sit still, right? So they're constantly changing which might be chaotic for us if we're not that way. And then we have the other, the other thought, you know, the generation of the traditional or this is, but this is how it's always been. Yeah. You have the analog generation and the digital generation. Then you have the horse and buggy generation. Then yeah. you have like black and white TV people. Yeah. 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 So we have all of this happening all at the same time. So what, first of all, let's just talk about that. Great time to be alive. Great right. time to be alive because you literally can go homestead it and live with a horse and buggy, or you can fly to space because that's what people are doing right now. So you have, you know, the, the world as your oyster, right? But for our movement, I think to, you know, start, start um, beginning to be reinvent, uh, what's the word, reinvented or to keep the momentum moving forward. We have to look at the beauty in tradition and the beauty in the unknown. And, and, you know, we need to amp up, you know, I remember being taught, well, we can't say chakras. We can't say chakras. We call them energy centers. Who says, who says, because I know there's pioneers who wrote books like uh, letter better or letter beater. Or I'm sorry mm -hmm. if I'm screwing up their name, Yeah, wrote a book and it, it's chakras in there. And that was written in 1920. Well, the chakras are ancient too. So you have Helen Blavatsky talking about it, but, you know, but exactly. And you have so, the, the past life argument. Yeah. But we'll, we'll I think I, my personal opinion, Nancy, is I think as much as I understand the beauty in churches, I understand more of the beauty in unity. Okay. And so if I am back into a tent or if I am standing in a building or if I am swimming in a lake with like-minded individuals sharing the sacredness of some of the tradition and also sharing the ideology and theology of new idea, new thought. And somehow these two worlds have to come together. Well, they do. And, and that's, how, that's where how spiritualism was founded on free thinkers, the new thinkers, the change. So yeah. if we try to bury ourselves into the thought from the 1900s without embracing the thought in the 2000s, we're, we're going to lose, you know, we're, we've, we've lost our heritage is, is what I'm not, I'm not saying we're losing, uh, we're proving the continuity of life and we're showing the sacredness of life. And, and we're saying something that's timeless. On the other hand, um, there is different sciences happening. There's different understandings going on Absolutely. and we have to engage in them. There's tons of different research been happening um, to bring um, some, some light, such shed some light on some of the experiences people have been talking about for forever. And, and uh, we somehow as a spiritualist movement need to embrace that and have conversations about it and accept it. Yeah. But I, 
exactly see that, that that's happening sometimes it's happening sometimes it's not sometimes you gotta kind of you know not say too much but just go because if you know but but other times um i still feel like the traditionalist spiritualists stay pure to that message those principles of life and um principles of that god is a source and and that we come from source and that we all have eternal lives yeah and we still think and breathe and we still not breathe but and that's grow and that simpleness of that yeah. you know and and here's the other thing i think we need to learn just as a society really just doesn't just as a, a collective consciousness of energy we need to learn how to discuss and talk to each other again yeah you know because if i say and i notice this a lot right now within the movement because there's this this talk about defining exactly like what is it exactly we believe well to me it's simple we believe just like you said source this idea of some guiding principles, natural spiritual law, learning the law of energy, that's how we that's how we live, and that we're eternal. Three simple things. Now, you get inside the gates of a spiritual community or spiritualist community, because it happens in our own movement. So I'm not even gonna say that it doesn't. And let's talk about reincarnation. And all of a sudden, you have half the population saying, we don't believe in it. It's fake. It's phony. And then you have half of the population saying, how can you not believe in it? It's true. It's been proven. Have you read this book and that book and this book and that book? And then there's me in the middle going, well, yes. You know, that child who recalled all of that information up until the age of eight. Very good. How do we know, though, that that child just wasn't seeing a spirit guide or a person next to them having a conversation? Because by the time he turned eight, the cap, the skull fused. And that's when most times they say children start to lose their, because I think children are born with, with a connection to where they came from, all everything. And as we grow up by no fault of our parents or by who raised us, we become desensitized to things we program in our mind. Oh, that's just my imagination. That could never have happened. Oh, that's, you know. And, or our religion started to dictate, right? You know, this is what we believe. This isn't what we believe. And no one wants to really have it. It's like, well, you're either on my team or you're not on my team. Either you believe it or you don't. I'm like, that's a mistake. That's a, that's where the mistake happens. What happened to the table? Like, can, can we come to the table? And yes, maybe those that sit on this side of the table are firm believers. And these are firm believers and not believing it. However it is, right? Who cares? But at least we can share the table. Yeah. You know? And I think, you know, I think that's why, you know, oh, I know I'm back on a soapbox. But if you think about these camps, right? Tens of thousands of people showed up not to really see the demonstration of mediumship, the proof of continuity. But what they showed up to is they showed up to hear the debates. They showed up to hear the spirit guides talk about what the other side is like. They, you know, they came to talk about challenging what was already, what they thought was already their truth. Yes. And I think that, that if you're a spiritualist and you, you're not challenging your truth, on a regular basis, you become stagnant. And that that has produced the movement of becoming stagnant. I'm being real political here, and I don't mean to be, but we have to start. We have to start bringing it to the table because there is a yeah. shift happening. And there there is where, where we, there's a shift towards less and less. And there's so much that could be lost if we don't keep the movement going and nurturing it based on what we know here and i like the idea of why the sides where's the table i'm not i'm gonna remember that where's the table and and the idea that that uh they came to the camps so they could argue so they could debate so they could really because they were they were in that day day and age they wanted to understand they were breaking away from loyalist or royalist thinking they were breaking away from the church is God. They were breaking away and they really, where do I go now? Who am I? What do I do? And we have the same, a very similar, not the same, um, a time in this time frame where people are, you know, churches have fallen apart. Where do I go? Where's my morality? What's real in life? 
and we have, um, you know, the emotional and psychological issues that are happening. And um, what does that mean? And who am I? And is life worth it? And it's like, and then spiritualism still has a huge place and a huge role to play in all that. Especially when it comes to the lifestyle of living, right? Because once the continuity has been demonstrated, right? Once you have gotten a message that just convinces you that life is eternal, then you want to live this life as best as you can for preparation into the spiritual life. Mm -hmm. And so you want to look about natural laws and spiritual laws and the law of attraction, the law of vibration and the law of desire and the law of intention. And you want to start living from a, a, from a space that's more organically and energetically driven than man driven or woman driven, you know, just that is soul driven. You want to start living from the space of the soul. And, and this is where spiritualism could thrive if it put on its manners and presented itself out into the world the way it should be. I, this is the way that it is. Yeah. This, yeah. This is a great conversation to have. <laughs> and I, I want to take a t- tiny little break to tell you um, that this is Stacy Sher- Sherman, Sherman, <laughs> um, spiritualiststacy.com. You can find her on Facebook as Spiritualist Stacy, and you can email her spiritualiststacy at gmail.com. Stacy's available. She's available for teaching. She's available for sessions, mediumship sessions, soul sessions when you need spiritual one-on-one coaching. And as like as I say every at every show that I bring people to the podcast who are available to anyone who needs them, and so that you can individually grow your own soul, grow your own understanding and, and grow um, where you need to grow in this moment. And I think Stacy's a good pick. So I really want to encourage you guys <laughs> Thanks, to, uh, use the tools, use the tools, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank well, you. And I just want to say that I'm Nancy from angelscapes.net. I'm also available and you can find me on Facebook, Angelscapes or Nancy Smith of Angelscapes. Don't look for Nancy Smith. It'll kill you. But but put that Angelscapes in there. And um, and I'm also available to to learn and grow. Uh, we're both reverends in the spiritualist tradition, but um, but there's a lot of depth that goes with um with what we have to offer. So back to this really cool conversation. Um <laughs> yeah, it is cool. Well, you know, it it is, it is what it is, right? It is, it it can, I was just thinking when you were talking and we were talking about what spiritualism is for me, spiritualism and for you, because you're a spiritualist minister, we decided we're wearing the full ensemble. Our, our shirt is spiritualism. Our pants are spiritualism. Our purse is spiritualism. Some people only want spiritualism as a nose ring accessory. Hey, I don't need to be a spiritualist, but I like this of spiritualism. Hey, that's cool too. Welcome to the table, right? Welcome to that place in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. I had, a, um, somebody is asking right, um, right now about, uh, her younger brother spoke um, of a past life at a very young age and the friends and her research, the life that he spoke of, I, 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 I never once considered that he was connecting with the spirit. He, she said this thought provoking and, um, and I would come out to say, you know, one of my opinions on what this is about is that we are come from soul and soul has many lifetimes within it mm-hmm. and that we could be remembering the lifetime of our soul. And and time is a bubble. And this is another really weird thing. I'm just going out there. knowing, But time is a bubble. It's not linear. And you can reach out um, energetically and put p- pick out what you need from the bubble to understand what you're doing. And it may be in another time, another life parallel, another time, another place, because in the spirit world, time doesn't go from Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We need for time to go in that direction. I'm not sure this is a philosophy from spiritualism, but there's so much talk around it. I just had to throw my two cents in. But, um, Absolutely. And, and that's what I love about it too. Like, this is the conversation I want to have about past lives or reincarnation or soul lives, or what about current lives? And, you know, like you said, if time is a continuum, right now, watch us all, our minds are going to go, blah, blah. it doesn't <laughs> exist. Why aren't we ever talking about our future selves? Because we, our future selves already exist too, right? And exactly. some, I know that's a bit, I do. When I'm talking about it, I'm like, so what all right. 
know how to do this thing. And I, and then I tell somebody, well, what do you think your future self's doing? Like, and it gets all exciting. It's wonderful. Um, but yeah, we have, um, which is really, this is the other question I wanted to ask you, the purpose of spirit communication. So we're talking about proving the continuity of life, but those spirit peoples, those, those be beings that are now on the other side and they've just, their minds are just in a whole different plane of existence. What do they have to teach us? Oh. And, and can they help us move forward in what we have to move forward in when on this planet right now? I think they do. But what do you think, Stacey? I think absolutely they do. You know, again, I think, again, that proof of continuity, which is what spiritualism tends to kind of focus in on, right? So spiritualism should be broad and big, like a big old telescope, but sometimes it's like a microscope. And sometimes we focus in on the proof of continuity through evidential mediumship. But what about spirit guides? What about, you know, higher beings, um, angels, guides, teachers, masters, I don't care whatever you want to call them. They have all kinds of things. I mean, look at Maurice Barbonell channeling or trancing um, White Eagle, I believe it was. No. Yeah, yeah it was White Eagle, wasn't it? Yeah. Or yeah. Seth. Was Maurice, I think I'm pretty sure it was White White Eagle. That was Maurice Barbonell, right? Hopefully maybe somebody listening if you know, but you know, you had some of these mediums. We'll look at Mary Vanderbilt, right? From Camp Etna. Silver Birch. There it is. Silver there Birch. There you go. Okay. I knew you. Thank you to Tom. I saw he just put that in the comments and I knew it was there. I love it. But, you know, so yes, some of these mediums move more into or past or aside or up or down. I don't care. I don't want to put it in a hierarchy into the spiritual realm, which in that realm all exists. So why wouldn't we want to hear from people that are living in that realm and what they can see and sense and understand about our realm that might inspire us or help us or send hope or joy to us to live this realm to the fullest. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And we've got so many resources there. Um, yeah. So many resources that we haven't even, you know, opened the, you said it opened up Pandora's box and all these things are in Pandora's box, but we're looking at out of hundreds, we're looking at five. Yeah. And we have, there's a lot, a lot more growth and development that can happen and is happening underneath the hood of a lot of stuff. But if you get in, I feel into studying spiritualism, I haven't even gotten to the bottom of it. I don't think we ever will, to be honest. And, and, and I think that, you know, trying to get to the bottom of it is good. We need to keep evolving and, but we also have to keep trying to spread it to the top, right? We still need to kind of keep that ball moving. And so I think that, you know, again, we, we have to look at, I don't know, defining, I don't know what the right word is, Nancy, but we have to look at a way of bringing the tradition, you know, the, because like I said, we're here, you and I get to publicly announce without fear of jail or prosecution, that we are spiritualists and that we communicate with the world unseen. I don't even want to call them dead because they're more living than I am. Um, I feel like maybe I'm the dead one. <laughs> dead you on your yeah. yeah right? Um, you know, we communicate, we get to do this freely because of the backs of the thousands of people who mm. paved the way for us. And we would be doing ill service by not recognizing their work, but we're also doing ill service by not recognizing our own and being the voice of today's spiritualists and moving it forward. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Well, in, a, in a powerful well, way. Well said. Yeah. I was thinking of um, one of the churches well, I belong to this Quincy church and I, I did a little interview with somebody about the history, Rita, um, Berkowitz, the, the history. And they, there's a, a, a beautiful um, photo of this group, but it was the lady society and something I can't remember, but they were, had nothing. They didn't see anything about uh, spiritualism because it was illegal to do mediumship. They would be arrested. Yeah. And it was a man that came in uh, spiritualism was just starting to become a religion. And it was a man that joined the lady society and opened the church and started the church. So we still had that struggle with male, female kind of thing. And, um, well, you're talking about owning property, you know, who would have sold a piece of property to a woman or a group of women back then, 
they had to be pretty progressive thinkers to do that. And they were teetering, but they weren't quite there. But the but the the state was not there for allowing them to do it without arresting them. Yeah. So so again, there was this breakthrough in spiritualism, and then there were all these fear laws that came up, you know, and uh, and becoming a religion um, put it under the umbrella of you can't discriminate against re- any religion in our in our constitution. Let's yeah. kind of thing, and. Um, Anyways, we can't just, we still have to move forward. We still have to question and wonder and bring new thought to the table. I love that idea. Whose side are you on? Where's the table at? Taking that home with me forever. (laughs) Well, and you know, and this goes into a good part of, you know, what we were talking about. One of the questions you had talked about, about like, you know, religious traditions, you know, the thing is, you got to remember, yes, spiritualism is, you know, a philosophy, you know, a science philosophy and religion. Yes, we are religion. Yes, we have churches. Yes, we have camps, right? Yes. But we're not a dogmatic religion. So like, one of the things as a spiritualist, and oh, I, I, we good thing if people are going to throw rotten tomatoes at the computer, they're only ruining their computer, not mine. You know, people try to tend and tie us to Halloween. We have nothing to do with Halloween. Nothing. We, the veil is always thin for mediums. We are always talking to the other side. Not not just on a particular day and no disrespect, you know, oh, my light, my light flashed out. Look at, maybe I am, maybe I am uh, getting somebody on the other side. My light just went out. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh, gotta be careful now. But you know, in, in the science philosophy and religion of spiritualism, we don't really have any real religious, uh, I don't know, holidays or traditions, but that being said, we're not opposed to them either. Do you know, like, for example, I grew up, you know, Christian, Catholic, Baptist. I don't have, I have my grandma's ceramic Christmas tree. I'm always going to put up a Christmas tree. My kids open presents at Christmas. If I had, if I've been raised Jewish, I might have a menorah. If I, you know, Kwanzaa, I might, you know, how many different religious traditions are there and spiritualism will recognize them all as a beautiful tradition, but we don't necessarily have you know, a religious holiday. We celebrate March 31st as the advent of modern spiritualism. And some of us look at solstice. Some of us look at uh, astrology or moons. We, you know, of, we don't, I guess to me, we need to focus, you know, like I said, we need to kind of focus our, you know, beliefs and then acknowledge that I celebrate this tradition because you know what? It's tradition. It's comfortable, you know? I want to open presents on December 25th and just celebrate family and love. Well, they, um, if you go to any, any spiritualist church, it's what I, I kind of come to think, maybe not any, but, but there, there will be many religions, many yeah. people with many religious backgrounds within, because again, we're going back to that concept of spiritualism was meant to augment religions that believe that life continue, continued after death. And the, we are the place where that proves it that shows you that really makes that connection strong. And um, so I, I've been in that, my church, uh, there's Jewish contingency, there's Buddhist contingencies, there's Wiccan contingencies, you know, and they're all something there for them. And I'm really proud of that, to be honest with you, but. As, as we should be, that's, that's spiritualism being welcoming, you know, again, if somebody only wants to wear the accessory of spiritualism, you know, I, Hey, I just want to rock this nose ring because I believe that, you know, you're a medium and you can communicate and demonstration makes me feel good. Then let them rock that. You know, for me, I need to be full deck out. (laughs) And, and, And I'll say I'm a spiritualist, you know, and, and I do it that way. But again, there's no sides. There's no sides. You know, and I think that our leaders, our teachers, you know, you teaching, me teaching, we just teach the ways that, you know, were taught by us, trickle down throughout the history of the movement. Beautiful. I love it. I love it. You know, the other thing I was going through my head while you were talking and I was barely listening to what you're saying because I was going through a thought. <laughs> I love it. it. Do that. Do that. Go through the thought. <laughs> 
the principles. We talk about spiritualism and proving the continuity of life, but the principles are so rich and deep that it's, and they are a beautiful um, design for living a, a full life. And um, even spiritualism doesn't talk about it enough. And, and absolutely right. I agree. <laughs> we're all mediums. No, you're healers and you live in soul to soul. Cause in your work on your website, I said, how to be how to live in harmony with your own soul you know and 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 helping people to get in touch with their souls that's that's a big part of my work is where do you feel disconnected in your life well you need that shows you where you're disconnected from your soul yeah and 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 spiritualism talk spiritualism talks about that it talks about the beautiful the same energy that you go into you to to connect with the spirit on the other side is the same energy that you connect to trance is the same energy you use for healing because it's first energy. And this is something that I would love to hear more about in, in all of the spiritualist traditions. And I feel like this is what spiritualism needs to come to the table to really talk about that out loud. Cause when we connect to our soul, that's when we're living. That's when yeah. we're creative. That's when we solve all these problems is yeah soul connection and um so i'm off the soapbox down but um <laughs> you know what i'm saying so i love it i love our nine principles and the history of the nine principles like i said some have seven but you know depending on what you know spiritualist organization you belong to really look into those principles discover why the people and why spirit because some were given from spirit world some of them weren't just you know produced by you know one single person just writing them down they were produced by the information they received from spirit and then it was a collective group of people that said we are going to adopt these as our guidelines as our principles and you know and watch how they've developed over time you know i know for example one of the principles in the organization I grew up with was, you know, the doorway to reformation is never closed against any soul here or hereafter. And that kills people. Yeah. But it actually stated when it was first written, any human soul. And through coming to the table and having discussion, they realized we can't just say human soul because our animals have souls. Any living thing has a soul. And so you know, I don't, they got rid of that word. They changed that principle and, and they continue to change. Like you said, like now the church I joined to, they have principles, they're written a little bit differently, but they mean the same thing. Right. So they're, they're really profound to me. I call them the cliff notes version of how to live life. And if you get up every day and you follow those nine or seven principles, right? So the first one is I believe in infinite intelligence, or we believe in a God of our own understanding, right? So right there, first thing in out of bed, do you feel the source of God in you and around you? It should be the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning, you know, and that we believe living spiritually is the representation of God. Okay. Are you doing that? Are you being personal responsible? Are you bringing happiness or unhappiness to yourself? Are you embracing the healing, the prophecy that comes from mediumship? Do you truly believe and know you do not die? These are all questions you have. And if tomorrow's not promised, right, then are you living for today? Right. That's what that principle means to me. The one that we speak, you know, to the so-called dead. It's like, well, listen, that shows me I'm eternal. So am I living like I'm eternal or am I living like, oh, I'm just living to live and not be. Mm-hmm. Oh, fun, Nancy. Gosh, we could probably talk for hours. We could talk for hours. We've been talking for an hour. So I, I do need to um say <laughs> this has been an amazing conversation. We're going to have to continue it another time because uh, I think it's worth it. And, um, and then we can... Um, And then we can digress into something even more wild. Yeah, I love it. And thanks everyone for tuning in and watching. I definitely am so excited to um, share all this good stuff. And I'm so grateful, Stacey, that you came on and you have such an excited um, 
really unique way of looking at spiritualism and, and the messages that you bring in brings it alive in, into a new generation. Um, so for now, I just want to thank Stacey for coming. And I want to just let the blessings of spirit flow over everyone who's listening and use the tools. Um, remember that loving yourself connects you into your spirit. Your spirit connects you into your soul and your soul connects you into source, into God. And that's the pathway to living a full, full life. And that's what these podcasts are for. So for now, um, go with grace, go with God with many blessings. And thank you for listening. Thank you for joining the Angelscapes podcast. We hope you've gained new insights and inspiration for your journey to uncover and access your soul's power. For more information and a deeper dive into finding clarity in your life, go to angelscapes.com. Remember to subscribe so you can be part of the discussion. It may just change your life. See you next time.